Now, we're going to begin today's show by talking about a story which you heard in our news bulletins yesterday. Uh, the HSE has apologised in the High Court to a Clare woman who gave birth to a stillborn baby at University Maternity Hospital Limerick 16 years ago. Uh, Rebecca Collins settled an action against the HSE, having sued for allegations of medical negligence, a breach of duty of care and medical mismanagement for its part in the tragic loss of her first baby, Hannah, in 2007. Uh, admitting liability and uh, failure in its duty of candour in an apology read to the court, a spokesperson for the HSE said the willingness of the family to share their experience was invaluable to allowing this investigation to learn from their experience and in helping to make recommendations uh, to improve the systems and processes in place. The Maternity Hospital and the HSE confirms that they are committed to ensuring that the recommendations identified by this investigation report are implemented as a matter of urgency. Uh, for more on this story, we are joined on the show now by Rachel O'Shaughnessy, who is a partner with Homs Assist, the legal firm which represented uh, Rebecca Collins. Good morning to you, Rachel. Very good morning to you, Alan, and to your listeners on this very cold morning. Yeah, cold is, is the word, the operative word today, that's for sure. Um, Rachel, this is such a, a tragic story. Can you outline a bit more uh, of Rebecca's story for us, if you wouldn't mind? Absolutely, and um, it's, it's a very tragic story. Um, in the wake of the ruling, Rebecca said that it only adds, added further anguish and trauma to have to wait and fight for so long for answers. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised to hear that this happened 16 years ago. Um, it was late on St. Stephen's Day in 2007 when Rebecca's waters broke after what can only be described as an uneventful first pregnancy. And having made it to what's now known as the University Maternity Hospital Limerick, she remembered feeling that she was safe in the hands of the doctors. And after nine months, she would soon meet her first child, a daughter that she would name Hannah. And she said herself that this hope and trust still haunts her to this day. And it was um, admitted, so she was admitted to the hospital to be monitored by what is known as cardiotachography, which is DTG and um, Alan, that checks the baby's heartbeat. So, you know, something that's vital and very important to make sure that the baby's doing okay. What we now know is that the CTG wasn't monitored properly and the CTG wasn't interpreted correctly. And two days later, on what was due to be um, Rebecca's due date to give birth to Hannah, it was tragically discovered that Hannah had passed away while she was a patient in the care of the University Maternity Hospital Limerick. As you can imagine, it was horrific and devastating and had a profound effect on the lives of both Rebecca, her husband Tom, and um, what they would go on to have their daughters um, who would never get to meet their firstborn sister. What is, I suppose, even more tragic for the family is that they were told when they went for a postnatal review in early 2008 was that there was a true knot in the umbilical cord and that it was just one of those things, a rare case. And this just didn't sit right with Rebecca. She didn't accept this. And when years later she would watch an ORT primetime investigation programme which described a similar case, she thought that something similar had happened to her in relation to the failures in the CTG monitoring. And it was only because she had the courage to go back to the hospital and ask them to relook at her case and to investigate it that a full systemic analysis review was then deemed necessary. 
and that process then took a further two years to complete. So this would bring her up to May 2017, so over 10 years later, when she was finally told that the CTG monitoring had shown signs of this distress the day before her daughter Hannah died. And this failure um, to identify and managing what's known as a non-reassuring CTG had warranted medical abuse. And you can imagine, you know, this brought a whole resurgence of pain um, once again, 10 years later. But then we're now in 2023, so almost six years later, they've had to keep fighting to get to where we got to yesterday to have a settlement ruled. Yeah, I have to say, Rachel, that, you know, it's unimaginable to lose Mm -hmm. a child, but then having to fight for such a long time for answers surely has only added to Rebecca and and John and all the family's anguish and trauma. Absolutely. And this is something I find in my day job in acting for clients who think they may have a case of medical negligence. They might not have the full strength to do that and if you think about Rebecca it was pure chance that she had seen the program on prime time she was told one thing but suppose she was told part of the truth but not the whole truth and what she has said herself yesterday in her statement um that I it was a privilege to read out for her was that she is in huge support of the patient safety bill which has passed the report stage before the government and is now going through the shadow for further scrutiny, which supports what's called mandatory open disclosure of adverse patient safety incidents. So what that means, Alan, is that there will be a process of open communication with patients where somebody has been harmed or there has been a death. So it's about being candid with patients and also for practitioners to learn from errors and you know, it does not mean that it's about blame necessarily all the time. It does not mean that it would always amount to medical negligence, but um, it's certainly welcome um, by ourselves in the profession that there would be this um, culture of open disclosure that is mandatory because a lot of the time people would come to us because they just feel like they're shut down when they look for more information in terms of something that happened and there's a roadblock to trying to understand what might have happened when you know they've gone to hospital and they're sick but they end up going out more sick or in Rebecca's case they go to hospital to have their first child and they come out without that child and there's no real explanation that makes sense yeah, that, that patient safety bill, uh, Rachel, that, that was introduced in the wake of the cervical check controversy, uh, as you say, past report stage last month. It's now going through the, the Shannon for further scrutiny. W- would be seen as a huge step forward in terms of transparency for patients. It's obviously very, very important uh, that it passes uh, quickly into law. How hopeful or confident are you that it will do so? Now it has reached uh, the, the, the Shannon stage of the whole process. So it was first published as a bill in December 2019 and we're now in 2023. So I would be hopeful that I suppose with the support um, that arose in the extremely bad passing of Vicky Phelan, there seems to be more of an impetus to get this bill actually passed to um, a 
enacted, I should say, so from a bill to an actual act where it could be signed into law. And it would certainly be the hope of Rebecca and her husband, Tom, um, that it would be done so that other victims of medical negligence would not have to battle and face the hardship to get the answers that they had to. There was a settlement, an admission of liability and a public apology. What does that mean or what, what does that, has that meant for Rebecca and, and her family? So undoubtedly no words or amount of money can ever bring their daughter Hannah back. But an admission of liability and uh, settlement is something very welcome, um, especially in terms of Rebecca not having to go through um, the further stress of a trial. What was most important to Rebecca and her husband Tom, however, was the public apology to have um, an open apology in terms of what happened because this is something that's quite difficult to get and also when they had initially been told um, so long ago in early 2008 that um, it was one of those things, a rare case, to finally have uncovered the truth and for that to be acknowledged. And I have to say that it was an honour to represent Rebecca who acted with such dignity and determination to keep going and to get the outcome that we achieved yesterday. In the apology which was read to the court, the HSE admitted liability and a failure in its duty of candour. In my intro, I did mention, you know, they said that the, that the Collins family sharing their experience with them was going to be invaluable to allowing this investigation to learn from their experience and in helping to make recommendations to improve the systems and processes in place and that mm-hmm. the maternity hospital and the HSE also confirming they're committed to ensuring that the recommendations identified by this investigation report are implemented as a matter of urgency. How hopeful are you, Rachel, that this is all going to be followed through on, that systems and processes will be improved and the recommendations will be quickly acted upon? It is Rebecca's hope certainly that nobody else would have to go through what she went through and I suppose you would have to hope that they will be followed through on um, but I think that it's part of a a bigger issue in terms of resources sometimes whether um, you know recommendations are always followed up on we did wonder um, amongst ourselves was it anything to do with the timing of when Rebecca was in hospital for example around Christmas time um, and the staff that she expected to meet weren't on duty so there can always be things that you know wouldn't be run of the mill, but um, you would hope, and Rebecca and Tom certainly would hope that their fight has not been in vain, their daughter's death hasn't been in vain, and that the recommendations will absolutely be followed through on, that nobody else is to suffer in the way that they have suffered. Yeah, well, uh, nobody would wish upon them or anyone else to have to go through what they did have to go through, but at least Rebecca mm-hmm. and her family have received uh, the that admission of liability and public apology also a settlement but as you say the admission of liability and public apology would mean more than any uh, amount of money um, Rachel thank you so much for taking us uh, through uh, Rachel uh, Rebecca's story and uh, for joining us on the programme this morning You're more than welcome
you very Take much. Take care. Time. That's uh, Rachel O'Shaughnessy. Rachel's a partner with Homes Assist, the legal firm which represented Rebecca Collins.